David Osikin is in the pocket is sponsored by the School of Rock Mainline and Kroger Percussion. I'd like to thank the School of Rock Mainline located at 511 Old Lancaster Road in Berwyn. You can visit their website at schoolofrock.com. As for Dave Marsh or Rick Allison, I'd like to thank Kroger Percussion at krogerpercussion.com at a backslash ITP and it'll bring you to a website. You'll get a 5% discount. Call Eric Metz at 215-669-8588. That's KrogerPercussion.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the David Osikin and In the Pocket podcast. Podcast number 109. Coming to you from Philadelphia, Actually, I'm in Wayne, PA, and I'm, of course, joined with my good buddy, Freddie B., Freddie Berman, on this beautiful oh. Wednesday. He's looking good. How you doing, Freddie? Um, I'm better. Excellent. That's good to hear. We'll probably, we'll probably touch on that. In other words, okay. better. And, and right. honored today to have my good friend and a monster guitar player, touring junkie, <laughs> Brian Quinn of Candlebox is with us, man. How you doing, dog? Oh, man, really good, man. We've been talking about this for a while. Every time I would run into Brian, I said, you got to come on my podcast. And and uh, and he's, you know, he's always been. Yeah, man, I love to come on. But, you know, Brian's a busy guy up playing and and uh, he's he's a warrior, Freddie, man. I, I ran into Brian in the summertime at a I think it was right. I think it was the, was it that you were just about to leave on tour. So I think it might have been around. I don't, I'm not sure if it's Fourth of July or if it was a, a Labor Day weekend, uh, you were leaving for a, a, like a nice long, I think at least six weeks on the road. And you, like me, have some, you know, physical challenges with our hips and our body. And we were talking about that. And I was just so amazed that you were like going out to do it because I know what it takes, you know, when you got to like, you know, muscle through some things and the show must go on. You have that motto and you, you bring it. And uh, so for all our people, friends that are watching the podcast and uh, and uh, are joining us, please welcome Brian Quinn of Candle. Podcast. All right. Thank you much. Very glad to be here. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we have been talking about it for a while. And yeah, yeah all, all in the name of rock and roll, right, man? We sacrifice mm-hmm. our bodies and time and everything else. But mm-hmm. love it. You, you almost love it to a fault. Yeah, indeed. Indeed, we do. You know, I, I was just uh and, and you're busy, uh, even outside of Candlebox. I mean, uh, anytime my wife and I, Dallin, drop into the, the, the in, in Philadelphia or outside of Philly, in Bridgeport, there's this great, great establishment. It's called the Bridgeport Rib House that our friend Melissa runs. And it's a terrific place. And Brian, when he's not on the road, he's, he'll be in there playing, sitting in with somebody. You're just, you know, just, and, 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 in a lot of ways, just supporting the place, you know, it's your hang and musically you, you're playing there all the time. And, and, uh, we love seeing it, you know, and, uh, it, it, it runs in your blood and, and we have a lot of mutual friends, Paul Hammond, your, your friend, I got, I got to know your friend, Danny Bezel from, 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 from there. Great, great singer. Uh, and you're, 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 you're like seven days a week, nine to five music is a part is your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I can tell by the guitars. Yeah. Oh yeah. They just keep hustling and hustling and hustling, man. And oh uh, yeah, the rib house is great. I, I always been playing there on Wednesday nights for 15 years. Um, 
just when when I'm ever I'm off the road, I'll, I'll they save the gig for me. They're always good with it. But it's like, you know, I always talk about that place. Like I got a, it was almost like a doctorate education of musicians in there, man, because it's like people just kind of see it and it's, you know, kind of a small dive bar with great barbecue, but it really is like the, yeah. the East Coast version of the rainbow, man. But it would. Yeah, or, like, or Nashville. Or yeah, like, or there's, Nashville, there's, like yeah. now it's, it's a place that that's what struck me the first time I went in there that it, it, the one thing about the Jewish places like that in Nashville, you, you get really top notch musicians. I think, yeah. that, you know, that come in there and, yeah. you know, on an off night and they'll come and play and they'll hang and they'll eat. And, and there's no real places like that in Philadelphia that I know of nowadays, Dawson. but the rib house, right? Daw like Dawson's, right? Dawson, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. yeah, yep. yeah. That My, like this, like yeah. The Dawson is for me. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. So let me ask, yeah. have you guys ever met before, Freddie? Have you met Dan? Really? No. Brian, no. wow, man. Yeah. Two, two. But we have we have mutual, we have a mutual friend, uh a guy who used to crew for uh Amos Lee when I was with him, uh named Eric Baldoff. Oh yeah, I know Eric. Yeah, of from course. Pittsburgh. Of course yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, man. Great guy, man. He Absolutely. yeah, he loved He'll fill in for us every now and again uh, when, when we're when we get stuck without a, uh, a guitar tech. Great yeah. guy, man. great guy, hard work. Awesome, awesome dude. Uh, you know, yeah. people. You know, I'm about to leave on uh, Sunday. We're going out for six weeks, and I don't know how. Uh, I know our musician friends understand how valuable a great guitar tech is, or just guys that like do you know that set up gear. I mean, uh, it, it like you have a great crew. It 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 like we we inter we barely I think Rob introduces them every night after a show, because they they have so much to do with how uh, things are going to go. I mean, you know they, they you know like after a while you're on the road, you want to walk in and play and have everything they had it the night before. And 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 listen, I don't know there there's a running joke now they were my band because when we first started, I just I, I used to have just a drum kit on stage and really a, a pair of wedges and maybe a box. But over the years now, because, you know, the, the advent in, uh, you know, technology, things have changed. I mean, using uh, a roll on SBDSX, we're, we're doing a lot of things to a click. So I'm, I'm, I'm using that samples and this, that, and I got myself a, 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 a one of those uh, um, Porter and Davis rolling, uh, those tactile seats. So I, I, I my outboard, rig is more than i think i got more gear than anybody else these days and they look over and say what ha what's happened so you need a tech that understands the technology like you know that can dial things up when you, you don't have time to do it so i mean I, I, they 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 uh they are so important you know and when you get a guy that you trust and you need them on the road man when they when they can't, when they can't be there and you got to get a sub you're like hyperventilating sometimes yeah, like, whoa right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just uh, you know how how efficient the show works, and with how we are being creatures of habit. Like I have you know want the same amount of bar picks out, and like just my guitar strung a certain way, and this and that. And then when you're working with someone for quite a bit of time, it's uh, they, I mean they just know it. It's like clockwork, and it is the the same. It's like Groundhog Day, man. You just when you get on stage, everything's the same. Down and right, you know it's going to be working. Yeah, I mean, I think they're having a great tech is indispensable. We've actually just uh, we had I had the same tech for years, and uh, he had just taken a uh, taken a job with the Counting Crows, so he was out with them. And but the guy that had come in and replaced him uh, had been subbing for him for a little while, 
Uh, his name is Dave Pate, and he's been out with us for a while, but he's he's tech like Mick Ralphs and Rich Robinson, and he's with Bonamassa for a decade. But not only does this guy know how to set everything up, I mean, he knows guitars, and he, he's a ripping player. So we spend a lot of time jamming and trading licks. Uh, you know, it's really funny because, like, the drummer that's teching for me, the guy that's teching for me in Europe is the drummer in Al Jorgensen's band, The Ministry. Oh, right. So, oh, so, wow. I, so, yeah, and he's my wow. tech. And, and and my last tech used to tech for him, but he wanted to go out and he's teching for me. Oh. So I'm going to tell him, I said, listen, you better pay attention to what I'm playing. And he will, because I probably won't have the tone. He's German. So he'll learn all my licks. And if I get COVID, then he'll just play the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's why I already got I already got it mapped out in my brain. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It's amazing. You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't know if you guys, and I mentioned them before on my podcast, but my real good, uh, you know, I see all those guitars back there, Brian. Yeah. And I'm, I'm very good friends for years with a guy named Rick Crenitti. And I don't know you, Rick. But oh, yeah, I know Rick, who he is. Yeah, I don't know Rick, him, but I know he is. Uh, yeah, well, you guys would get along great with all those guitars and what you do. You're a real rocker, and 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 Rick is actually—he <laughs> doesn't notice, but he's been my shrink lately. You know, oh, right. I call Rick, yeah, because I you know, like I, I tell him like I'm waking up with these aches and pains. He goes, "It's called the '60s, dude." <laughs> <laughs> so he's been telling me, encouraging me, feel good that you're going on the road and you're doing what you're doing. But he told me about connecting with Eddie Van Halen some years ago. I yeah. think it was like 1980, and they just happened to be in a, a guitar store in LA. And, and he said, the greatest thing about connecting with Eddie uh, was that we didn't even talk about guitars. We yeah. were just kind of hanging out and being people. And just like, you know, they, they had that, the guitar was the initial connection, but yeah. guitar players, they just had this vibe and they loved hanging together. Yeah. And he was just yeah. telling me, and he goes, I, I think it's the guitar tech was there as well. And a guitar tech brought them together. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Matt. Yeah. yeah. Matt, Matt was uh, Ed's tech, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I never got a chance to run across and we were supposed to um, catch up with him. And um, do you remember Mark Ferrari, who was a guitarist, uh, LA guitar guy? He was uh, he was the, one of the guitar players in uh, Wayne's World in the band. In oh, wow. He had, uh, he, uh, he's been, he's still playing, but him and Eddie were very close friends and they used to uh, race cars out in the desert together. So we were supposed to go out and catch up with those guys. And then, it, you know, it kind of it went south for Ed. He got, he got pretty sick and when he, when he had relapsed. So we, I never got a chance to meet him, which I would have loved to, even if we were just driving cars and talking about cars, I didn't even need sure. to talk about, uh, Talk about the guitar right. stuff. I mean, what's what's there to talk about with him? <laughs> yeah, know. yeah. Just being around him, being around him. You know, he's a special guy. Yeah. Well, we did get vibe. to tour with Wolfie. We we toured with oh. Wolfie, um a good portion of last like late last summer and early fall. And, oh, sweet. Uh, they have some good friends that are playing in the band with them. So. Oh, yeah, that's great. And it's great. great. Cool. I I love his music. I love that record. I'm really looking forward to what they're what they're yeah. going to bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. The guy must be carrying big sorrow around, like his father meant so much to him. Like all of ours did too, but Eddie was such an icon, great guitar player, and uh, I, I I often wonder. I it was just Michael Anthony's birthday birthday. I think either today or he, it was yesterday. This week I know that much, and I see him, and I know how I've read books on them, how they came together, like a family, and then they went through the band split. You know, where like and I know probably you know Michael's uh, heart must ache when he thinks and sees Eddie and hears him, but no one played like that. You know. So it was an amazing cat, you know, and I know that that kind of stuff inspired you as a rocker. I got to tell you, I really I was listening. I was listening to the songs that you sent me in and and, and you know, uh, 
<laughs> one thing that cracked me up though with that with the one the the octane track you sent me uh was i was just thinking about because i'm i'm, I'm thinking about uh i have this we have a couple cars so the one car that we have i use is my truck i move my gear in my honda and then the other one we go out if we go out on a date or whatever but uh, my my Honda is like a it's got a few years old and I'm thinking about buying a new car and I'm thinking about holding out to get a, a car that has electricity because they're making these I'm really you know thinking about this stuff because I'm sick of paying over five dollars a gallon for gas and then when I was listening to Octane this morning I thought about Octane and then I thought this song has got to be like you know I mean when did you record gasoline when did you record that uh that would have been like late 2002 early 2003 and we did it with with phil that yeah to take yeah. that uh at the old at studio four in kanji oh, nice. wow the, yeah. the, the the big room the big room yeah 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 oh yeah yeah you know it, it, it was it was like such a like for now right now would be like that would be oh you man know, song you, you know yeah, right uh, is there, you didn't you didn't give it to me because of that reason of what's going on with gasoline. No, or you just... no not not necessarily. I, I kind of sent that to you just as that and uh, the foster child tracks as kind of more of a sample of like what my what my songwriting is mm -hmm. and what my process is, because there's some similarities with topical, it. Topical, um, you know, like the real topical, you know, what's they, going yeah, on. Yeah. At the at, yeah, at the time, and even the candle box track, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So. Indeed. I mean, I, I that, that's really struck me. It's like. Mm -hmm. uh, you're really writing what like it's like current events and, yeah. and but the gasoline one that you did like in 2002 but you were like a foreseer of what's going to happen I love it <laughs> I, I dig it yeah. if you don't mind because we don't have a lot of time and a lot of time I'm like I didn't get all the songs in yeah Jim do you have gasoline queued up so I kissed you goodnight and I kissed you goodbye But I never realized that it'd be forever. Oh no, no. Living in shame. Never knew it's you to blame. I wish I
Wow. Nice. Yeah, that's really nice. Is that our friend Bobby Prillis playing drums on that? So, yeah, that's Bob Prillis on drums. Oh, and that's nice. Great vocals and uh, Joey Burnt uh, on bass and uh, Greg uh, Delatovico on um, on the other guitar. That was Octane from yeah. back then. So I had written. That's a funny story with that song, man. I had written that song in pro- in like 1996. I was still in college. Wow. And uh, I wrote it about a breakup that I had with this with this girl at the time, yeah. and uh, I was sitting on the song. I, I had a band. Uh, right before Octane uh, called Visiting Blackhand. And it was like the first band I ever formed when I moved to Philly uh, to go to school. From, from where Now, where did you move from? Was it Pittston? Yeah, Pittston, up in between uh, Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, uh, right. East PA. So I moved down here to go to school um, at Westchester University, at Westchester University. And um, yeah, so I, I was doing a lot of writing at that point. I had just gotten acoustic guitar and started doing, you know, just really kind of, trying my hand at songwriting and I wrote that song and it had been hanging around for a while and I had played it. I had met Brian Bortnick at the old Harbor lights up on uh grant or up, up on the Boulevard. Those are uh-huh. behind the chickies and Pete's uh, <laughs> he was doing Sunday night there. So I, I would it. go in there. Yeah. I would yeah, go I in it. there and I would play that, that song. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, dude, we got to do something with that song. And then when we yeah. formed Octane, those guys kind of begged me to do it. And even though mm. Octane being kind of more of a metal band at mm. the time, yeah, uh, that song was very like yeah. more of my country and Almond Brother yeah. type yeah. stuff. Yeah, you, know, you could hear the B bender on it, the B bender guitar, and like a lot of acoustic stuff. And they begged me to do it, and we ended up putting it on that Octane record, and it it went gangbusters for us. It was, wow. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I love it. It's really, I love it. Yeah, I got, you got, I'll tell you, you got a great voice. Uh, is that you soloing? Is that you you doing the guitar? Uh, Yes, yeah, that, that was um, my slowing on that. I'm actually right. going to be putting out something coming up in the next year or so, and I'm going to uh, redo that song a little more. Awesome. Kind of like uh-huh. that, maybe even a little more country, I guess. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to put like a Hammond B3 in it, a little yeah. more, little more yeah. percussion. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll probably do a, a reworking of it just because it hasn't been out since 2003, nice. you know. And, it, and, and look, you know, that's that there's a, there, you know, right now what's going on. That that man, really, really nice, really great playing, man. And our friend, our friend Phil Nicolo did the record, right? It sounds like a Phil record. It I, does. I, you know, in the it ma- totally you know, does. It depth, it's got you know, like Phil never compresses anything too much. You could you could hear the depth in it. You know, drums sound like drums, guitar. It's like you could feel the room. It's it's really uh, you know. I've brought Phil things that like. You know, he's just become he's a great engineer. He's a great producer. But, you know, his mastering chops are ridiculous. You know, I mean, yeah. and now with him doing vinyl, you know, uh, I, oh, my God, like I did such a wonderful job on that Philly special that I, I can't even say he's he's just absolutely terrific. He's got great ears. That sounds great. And, you mentioned, you, you, you know, uh, uh, so you've been influenced you mentioned that Octane was more of a metal thing. And then you came in the picture, you know, with that, you brought more of a, you, you have more of a, a, like a rootsy thing going on. You mentioned the Almond Brothers, like a country thing. Uh, so, and, and, and another, another thing that I noticed too, that struck me when I was listening to uh, the other track is the Foster Child track you sent me. I went, I hear, I don't necessarily, it was like a beetle, like uh, the influences of, uh, Beatle tracks, uh, uh, you know what I mean? The vocal things that you were doing, uh, the harmonies, and, and and real quickly going back to the gasoline thing, those harmonies, 
that were going on. Was that within the band or were you doing the harmony yourself? Did you uh, overdub that? That that was Brian Bortnick, our singer. He's uh, a master at that stuff, man. He's very, very good. He's a trained singer. So he went to the uh, Art, Art Institute and everything and was a trained singer. But he's one of those guys that, which harmony singing in general, I, I love, but it always intrigued me when a singer is so just so dialed into it, to the melody and so in, into dialed into the pitch that he's just able to pick harmonies out at will. What a remarkable thing to do too, because I've worked with singers, Fred, I don't know about you, but like, I remember I, I like Jeff, Jeffrey Gaines once said to me, uh, we were doing a track and Jeffrey Gaines who can sing the phone book, you know, like even when he's jet lagged, the guy's like power personified comes out singing tone. When we were talking one day about, uh, he, he, like he just, we, uh, so why don't you go, we were working on something, so why don't you go sing on this, uh, sing this harmony, because I'm not really sure where to put the harmony. I was like, I said, you're such an amazing, I, I, you know, but he would right away when he went out there and like hear it. But, you know, like some of these train cats, like you were mentioning, really know it's like they're hearing it go, oh, I'm going to put, you know, the octave under that. And it's like, oh, God, yeah. it's amazing talent, amazing skill to have, you know, it's... Uh, and and, and the patience and just the wherewithal of be, like being in the song and serving the song. Me, and me and you have had this discussion before, but serving the song, like it's, you're not going to put a harmony on every single line of the chorus, like maybe a couple like the, the key words or this and that, like that's the stuff that I love. And that's you know, obviously Beatles were masters of. And yeah, uh, I heard but, you on the father child song. I was hearing that, yeah. uh, what you were doing with that, you know, the vocal. Uh, so, uh, before we play that, I wanted to ask you, uh, are you, are you home for a little while then, right? When do you go uh, yeah, out? I got like another week out. Yeah, we're, we're still in the middle of the tour for uh, for this record. Stay, I staged that up here to, uh, to be able to play. But uh, yeah, it's a new Candlebox record, Wolves. So we're out, we've been out touring that since I had seen you on that 4th of July party a couple of years back. So uh, yeah, we'll be out touring that until um, right before Thanksgiving. And then we'll be, uh, we'll be done for a bit. And then kind of like the... The future of what's going on with this incarnation of Candlebox is uh, I think it's going to be put down for a little while. Um, Kevin is taking the original members back out. Because I saw that. I, I, I read that. You know, I got to tell you an interesting thing about Candlebox. When I was living in the West Coast, I, uh, I nearly went to work for Maverick Records at one time. I, 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 I helped start this company called MP3.com when I lived in San Diego. And it was it was back in 1998. And uh, it was like a, a, a website where anybody could put up their music. And uh, I was lucky to go to work there. I couldn't even open a computer when I went there and I learned so much being there, you know. But uh, at one point, I think after a couple of years of existence and doing what we did, we had a certain amount of eyeballs and people that came to our site. Record companies were reaching out to the music people at our company and asking us, hey, because uh, you were doing, we, we were uh, collecting data that time, it was a new thing where a company would collect data. So we knew what people liked to listen to. So a record A&R guys would reach out to me and a couple of the guys asking for that kind of data. And we started doing something called single servings, meaning that we would, and, and, and Jeremy Welts, who was at Maverick Records, sent me Candlebox back in 19, it was like 19, it was uh, actually, well, we got, I guess we got, they, they got together in like 1990. Was it 1992 or something? Yeah, the like band that? started in 91. The first album was out in 93. And so whatever was going on in like 
and and they they were together all the way up to like in the 2000s because i remember around 2000 we did a single serving with them you know like i remember i i, I they were one of the bands that uh and i was thrilled to do it because it was madonna's label and they had alanis morissette and their lawyer from alanis morissette you know yeah i got you know it's a long story got stock options stuff but it was kind of cool that we were we were we were you were there at the time yeah, yeah at right. the time and getting yeah. involved with like marketing bands like but that's the when i uh you know, look, we get inundated with music all the time, and especially when I was there, I was done, but I never forgot Candlebox. I never did. And then when I moved back here, I guess it's been almost 15, about 13 years when I moved back here, uh, uh, my friend Paul Hammond was telling me that you joined Campbell. What, what year did you join the band? I joined in 2014. Uh, and now, how did that come about? So that's, I'm, that always interests me. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know people that have auditioned for bands or they knew somebody in the band or so they were looking because I would imagine that somebody would hear your voice and go, ah, oh, <laughs> we could use that guy. So how did it happen? How did it happen for you? Uh, yeah, me in 2014, Kevin. Uh, well, uh, back in 2006 with Foster Child on um, that track that I sent you, Don't Let Go. Uh, Foster Child, we had signed with uh, Warner Brothers with the Warner Brothers imprint. And Candlebox had just gotten done with their hiatus and gotten out of their contract with Maverick. So they were the second signing to the label behind us that we were signed with. And um, we did our label showcase in Manhattan at uh, Scott Weiland from the Stone Temple Pilots owned a club up there and we had mutual friends. So we did a label showcase um, with, with those guys. Kevin and I met that night. We hung out, went partying in, in uh, Manhattan until the morning. And then uh, we just stayed in touch over the years. And then, you know, Foss Trout did some opening dates. He had some side projects going on. So uh, one of the side projects he had with Morgan Rose from Seven Dust, and they were recording out at um, uh, the band live out at their studio in uh, York. So Kevin was like, hey, man, I'm in York. Uh, I'm working on this project. You want to come down and, and drop a couple solos on this stuff? So I went down. Uh, I did the session for him. I did, uh, I did one solo. I was packing up my guitar. He's like, where the hell are you going? I was like, I got to get back to Philly. I was doing a, a charity event and he was like, could you play on another one? So I played on another one. And then that was basically what was my audition. And, you know, maybe a month or two later, he, he called me and said, Hey man, we're making some personnel changes in Candlebox. Um, would, would you like to join the band? And that was, that was a few years coming. We had spoken about, uh, me doing some work with him in a, in a larger capacity, like as far back as 2011, but it didn't, it didn't happen until the end of 2014. And then I, I started in 2015. Yeah. Awesome. And I, you know, if Fred, that sounds like a real cool thing going on, doesn't it? Like, well, that, I mean, yeah. just goes to show you never know yeah, right? what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of timing, a little bit of luck, and you know, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of over preparation. <laughs> well, over preparation. I mean, it's what you do. It's in your yeah. DNA. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I get to get reminded about that sometimes. Like I mentioned, Crinity, like being my shrink. Yeah, like, I, I'm going out, and uh, and I I always get these like because of you know with the hip and all that stuff. Once it's great. I'm a, I'm like I'm guessing I'm about like 95. percent It doesn't hurt me. But, like aches and pains and I, I I could be a bit of a head case like I'm going out go can I do it for like we're up for two and a half hours sometimes usually it's like a 90 minute thing but like sometimes longer and I'm going like this that's long and and he goes dude as soon as you get up there which is true he's so right 
everything goes away. It's like you're in your element. You know what I mean? It's like I've been doing this a long time. And you just do it, you know, and there's changes. Like I said, the gear has changed and and like you're listening to clicks and doing certain things. But, you know, like I, I you know, I, I, I always want to get up to like all you guys. I want to be at my best. And when I don't feel like I'm at my best, I'm not going to do it anymore. You know, you know, and, 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 and this whole fucking fucking pandemic thing really did a number on my head. Like it was like horrible. I taught a lot like Fred. I was busy teaching. And figure like, how am I going to stay, keep the wheels greased, you know, because I would come out and I, I, I put a couple things together and I have my little sessions here and there doing things. But it wasn't like, I mean, the pandemic put the kibosh on a lot of stuff, you know, and I was always impressed with bands that were going out. Like we did some dates. I saw that, you, you know, you went out. I know Freddie was going out to do stuff, but boy, you know, and, 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 and joining uh, Candlebox when you did must have been like, uh, because, the, you know, not that your other bands weren't established, sound like you had a rolling, but when I, this, the Candlebox thing was like, uh, it, it, it's a, almost in regularity. You're going out on the road up to whatever's going to happen in the future, but you had yeah. regular dates going well, out, right? Yeah, well, that, that was, I mean, for sure, that was getting a call up to the majors, you know, I mean, and with the band that was already established with the catalog of music that I was already into. I mean, the, I, their record came out when I was a junior in high school. And you loved it. And I loved it. Yeah, we went nuts. So, in fact, I was sitting in the arena. I was at the Spectrum watching them open for Rush on the Counterparts tour. And it was like literally 20 years to the year wow. that I joined. Wow. So, so you're, you're a lot cool. like, like Tommy Williams, who plays guitar. And what happened? Eric broke his... Broke his uh, his uh, collarbone skiing in Aspen right before we were supposed to go out oh, for a long gosh. tour. <clears throat> and Tommy Williams, who was a fan of, fa he, he was already pro guy. He, he played with a bunch yeah. of bands and he, uh, he but he knew our material. Kind of yeah. like, I bet like you were ready to step in. He knew, he, he Eric used to call him his mini me. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, right. yeah, he, yeah. like he, he could, so it wasn't so much, it wasn't a stretch for him. Like I'm guessing, it was a natural progression for you to go in Candlebox. It was like, I'm, I'm breathing this stuff, you know? Well, right? yeah, you, well, yeah, when Kevin and I had had met and hung out, like like I said, we had known each other since about 2006, 2007. But uh, when I had met him in, uh, in, we met for lunch in Beverly Hills in like 2011, and that's the first time he had ever even mentioned about us working together. I went uh, home, I learned the entire catalog. <laughs> You're a good dude. Yeah, yeah you're so a good the, dude. Yeah. The second I got that call, I was ready. Yeah. Like, yeah. how long do you need to learn this stuff? I was like, I'm ready to go. Uh, I was. I was just like rehashing it because I, right you know, I have like all the books. I like the yeah. You know, I had the, the whole folder of stuff like with all the songs in it and everything. Mm, yeah, it charted yeah. them all out. Like, wow. I was like, hey man, because if this you know preparation yep. meets opportunity. Yeah, so there, there you go. You. That's it. That's how you do it. No, that's, that's how, how you, you do, do it. it. That's yeah, a beautiful man. one. I love that, man. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, so why don't we, uh, 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 before I play the Candlebacks box thing, we go on with our chat. I'm going to play a little uh, a Foster Child. Great, yeah. uh, 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 um, don't so, Let yeah. Go. Don't Let Go is yeah, what we had, go. right? Yeah, and this band yeah. was, uh, yeah. and this is the band that I had formed with Kevin Miller, who was in Fuel. Um, oh, right on. It signed our, our contract about a year and a half after we had written this batch of songs. But this yeah. was another one very similar, like kind of in the vein of, of what um, uh, of what gasoline was. I was always like super intrigued with like having that 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 um, 
that tagline that just beats you to death with the great melody at the at the end of the song, like how would see a lot, a lot of house Bob Seger writes, like the, yeah. you know, the, the against the wind type yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like that, great. 70s, that 70s arena yeah. rock. Was oh, my God. Ram- Listen, man, I can never, li- I can, Ramblin' Man, yeah. I can't oh. get enough of that drum group. <laughs> that's so it's good. like, that's like, oh, a matter yeah. of fact, after I got done doing this, I'm going to listen to that because you brought up Seeger. Yeah. But I, it's, it's great, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, so, uh, Jim, if we can play, uh, uh, on it. Yeah, baby. As we wave goodbye in denial, I'll reach for you. The odds were on our side all the while. All that we've been through. The nights keep flying by.
Nice. <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, let me ask, is that Bobby again? Uh, no, that was Kevin Miller. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. On drums? On drums, yes. Oh, Kevin that's great. On drums on fuel. And I, I wrote oh. that one. That was for my wife. That was our wedding song, actually. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Don't let go. And she yeah. hasn't. She hasn't. Right? She hasn't. We've been together 26 years. And she, oh, my uh, God. Yeah. She, I met your wife. Lovely lady. That's great, yeah. man. That's yeah, great. You got a nice thing. Yeah, we met you in know? college. It was before all the crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, but it's yeah. you get to find somebody in your life that we're all very lucky you know, yes. Freddie is, yeah. I am, you are, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. somebody that understands uh, the musician thing, yeah, the life, you know, the lifestyle. Life, lifers, lifestyle, get it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah and that's what that song's about, really, but the, the whole thing is about <laughs> on the road, like the li lyrically kind of influenced mm. by, you know, faithfully and uh, yeah. tiny dancer and all that type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, indeed, indeed. Uh, so, uh, 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 when when the band is taking the break, you said you're going to put something out. You're working on something. I, I read that they're going to, Candlebox is going to do, uh, 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 they're just doing a reunion couple gigs, right? It's not like. So they're going to, he's going to tour for the summer. Uh, what they're planning on touring for the summer. I, uh, I haven't seen any dates, but yeah, he's going to take the original guys back out. It's the 30th anniversary of the debut. So he's going to take the original guys back out. But then, you know, he was talking about hanging up the cleats for a bit. So, you know, I, I don't know. Or, or I don't know if he's going to stay, stay retired. Kevin talks about a lot of that stuff quite a bit. But, you know, the only thing I'm like, hey, man, you got to do do you, you know, do what's good for you. You know, me being a hired gun, I got to kind of look out for myself as well. So um, but I was like, yeah, man, you do you. And I'm just going to work on some of my own music. And if somebody else needs a touring guy, I'm going to warm yeah. their stuff and, and go do that, you know? Well, listen, you, you still got a lot of juice and you can feel it. Every time I'm around you, you're still, you're really, you know, you're doing it and you're just, you've got the desire and, and, and you still got a lot to say. So, uh, you know, it like, maybe like Kevin, he, he, you know, he, he's getting the feeling like, okay, I'm moving, I'm, I'm learning to take, you almost got to learn how to take a back seat sometimes. And, but good, I, I, I just, you know, I mean, you're into such cool stuff uh, and, you know, just even watching you play when I've been to uh, the Rib House, like, you know, you're not a one trick pony. You know, you got a lot of things that have influenced you. And, and musically, I think that there's, uh, you know, there, you know, like, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like, you know, you're always open to learning new things and trying new things. And that, that's so that's huge for a musician. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I was just I was always like that, even since I was a kid. Why yeah. you know, I was watching my my brother's bands, uh, they would rehearse in my parents' basement. I just always I always made it a point to surround myself with guys that were just doing it on a level that exceeded where I was. You know what I mean? I, I continued to do that. Yeah, because I just it, and it really did. It made me it made me better. And I was just always I, I wanted to learn. And as far as like influence wise, um, I have a really broad stroke of what, what I like. Like I went into college as a classical guitar major and nice. then, you know, but I was, I was, I went in as, you know, I was in like a, basically like a death metal band going into it. And then as I got older, like I got way into like Bob Dylan and the band and, you know, Clarence White from the birds is one of my favorite players. And, and, you know, so I got a pretty broad, broad stroke of stuff that I, I just, if it's good, I like it. I don't, I don't really put it any any kind of labels on music it's just yeah it sounds good and and you hear uh, it affects me yeah that, yeah. Uh, yeah 
Okay. Yeah, I think we're, we're, I think, you know, I, I think that's a great thing to be open-minded about stuff. You hear things and uh, always learning, you know, I, I, I'm like a big fan of the Kindle. I'm always bringing books on the road and stuff like that. I'm like filling stuff, like reading stuff and, and, uh, and, 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 and then you learn and like, we're living in a day and age where like Brian, I admire that you, you, um, you understand that it's, it, you love doing it. You do it because you love it, but you understand it's a business, you know, like, you know, even how, you know, you one goes about marketing themselves and, especially like that whole new frontier of social media, which sometimes I got a love hate relationship with. There's some things I don't understand, but like being that I, I, I was uh, uh, opportunistic with the mp3.com thing and learning some things out of just being at the right place at the right time. Uh, I kid people, I, I, I worked for that company and then I stayed with Michael Robertson at another company. Actually, I couldn't even, I had a Mac, a MacBook Pro in, I think it was like 1995, and uh, I could barely open it and turn it on. And at the end, when I left his company, I was queuing it. I was like writing a little Linux code, you know? So like, you know, you, you know, I we really have a capacity for learning if we're open to it, you know, and, and, and be patient. You know, I tell my, when, when I'm teaching, probably like you, Freddie, it's like, when you you need to get from A to Z, you have to uh, you got to hit B, C, D, E, F, G, all the the alpha, oh, you know yeah. to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. You got to work at it. You know. Yep. I remember you, when you started working for uh, MP3.com. You were, you were I was maker. at Disc Makers. Yeah, and and then you started record label. Yeah. Mosquito yeah. Records. And yes. We, we did some business together. Yeah. Oh, my God. We did a Fran Smith album. Uh, yeah. I, I got to tell you, you know, that was another thing, too, because I'm sure we've all been in us. We've done major labels and we've done independent releases. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I've always learned. I've, I've learned a lot from mistakes. You know, like when I started a business in California, it's like, uh, oh, my God, you know, learning about taxes and learning how like they're it's almost as if they're they're trying to kill you before you even get started, like quarterly time. Like, they, you know, like if you're trying to do an independent company or even I think about these young cats putting out records. I, I, I had lunch with a uh, independent guy that's been working his own thing and writing songs and he's trying to run his own business. And it's like so hard if you don't have any kind of funding. Or, or like, you know, now people are doing a lot of crowdfunding things online. People do that to kind of come up with money to, to, to support whatever you're going to do. But back in the day, all of us, like you were signed to a major label. Freddie was, I was. So we knew the one thing I didn't always know was uh, like back in the day, I, we were so young that at the end of the day, have these big record budgets and then having to pay it back. <laughs> yeah. was always like, oh, fuck, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, yeah, what did we spend? And when we took out the dinner, you think the label's taking out the dinner. It's an, oh no, that's going to go into you yeah, when no. you're paying back on recouping, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, you're paying for that. You just don't know it yet. Oh yeah. Yeah, I would always wonder where, where's all that money going? Because I'm not making it. Somebody is. I yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I remember uh, I did a, I did a tour in 86. I was on the road 
And I remember we saw, look, we sold a lot of records, you know, for us, uh, you know, we got a golden, a platinum record. And remember I finished the tour and I ended up with a little bit of my, I remember I got a check. I still remember that I got a check for it. I'm going to say it's $18,000 right at this time now, which was a, like, holy shit. And, you know, it was like unbelievable. <laughs> and I, but I, I did I'd so many dates and I can, we were like making money on the dates, but it was like, okay, now I can do something. I remember I put it, I didn't even trust myself with the money back then because things were, I was wacky with money, but, but uh, I, you know, you sell all this merchandise and you sell records and, you know, if you see anything at the end of the day, you're lucky. And then you realize you're only getting assault when you're with the majors, they're making like, you know, uh, well, they're on your contracts is 80%, 80% of the, of the hundred percent. And then you get your like 10% and then everybody's getting it, that little piece of that, you know, anybody understand that math, but uh, it's, it's tough, you know, and you know, there's something to be said for a lot of these artists that are going out and doing it independently because they control their own destiny, but then they hit to a, get to the point where how do you get your music out there and how you want people to hear what you're doing? You know, it's like, you're making great music, going to put out a record, and now, like, I know you, Brian, and I, I want to hear what you're doing. I want to hear what's that what's next, you know, and like and, and I'll go search you out. But then how do you get it out? You know, uh, uh, I know both our wives are in the PR business. Dallin is kind of does it a little bit these days. I know your wife is what, you know, we rely on PR people to help us. But, you know, you got to find those pipelines and those opportunities. And it's not easy because there's so much stuff out there. Yeah. And, you know, like, I, I think I would be more attuned to uh, like a distribution uh, situation with, through a label than I would actually, even if they would uh, offer money as a, as a budget up front. I don't even know if I'd accept it because it's it seemed to derail um, a, a lot, especially in the mid 2000s. When Foster Child got signed, we did get an advance and that we were probably one of the last bands ever to get a, a pretty, a pretty substantial advance at that. And uh, like, so everybody could quit their jobs and do this and just concentrate on music. I mean, at that yeah. point, I was full-time in music anyway, but a couple of the other guys weren't. And, um, you know, it did afford that opportunity. Man, um, I, I don't know if I'd ever want to do that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it's like, then you're really in the crapshoot. You got to make something happen. And even if you have a successful record, uh, you know, and you look at the money that's spent and it's like, oh, but so a lot of times the independent, you know, it's just a tough deal. I don't know how we went down that road, but I, I know that we've all experienced the other end of it and the world has changed so much and getting music out there has changed so much. Uh, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, you know, it's a, just a different world, man. You know, yeah, well, uh, I mean, personally for me, man, with just going out uh, when I decided to go out, hired gun and stop, either running bands or joining other like I when I just went hired gun that was I felt the best decision I was to able to make for myself and figure out a way like all right now how how could I brand myself how could I mark myself I, I need to figure out a bunch of different tentacles to make money because it's just going to be I'm, I'm only going to get out of it what I put into it at this point and with the band I, you know it's it's tough doing that I just got I kind of got fed up do, doing all that work and making like, basically like the equal, equal yeah. money. I was and like, you're doing, and you're doing all the work and you know what, I mean, I mean, and listen, and what you have to say is so valuable, man, because these young cats, I'm reading, I'm reading a, 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 a book by, a, you know, 
athletes, even though they got the agents and stuff, some are smarter, like anything else, are smarter than others. I'm reading Grant 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 Hill, the basketball player that played uh, played for uh, the Pistons, and uh, I forget where he ended up, but he played for the Pistons for a long time. But he was a Duke basketball player. Wrote a book called It's Called Game, and uh, I'm reading it right now. And man, you know, it it, it, it was at, at times I I was just. He just understood, you know, I, I mean, sometimes he learned through some mistakes, but he had the guidance of his father being a professional athlete, but he understood marketing and branding and and what to be associated with it and what not to be associated with, you know? It's like, you know, uh, it, it, it's stuff that uh, if more young people thought, like, you know, I, I learned later in life, but you know, it's really important thing. It's important stuff that helps you with your career and knowing, you know, what what's what's the uh, the best avenue to to get yourself out there, man. This book is terrific. If you get a chance to read, it, it's really really good. And he, I, I and I'm shocked sometimes about how much you know. Like he would do these interviews. He was talking about doing this interview, and and he stopped eating junk food. But McDonald's was paying him a fortune to be one of our pitch people. So after he got done practice, he would stop in a McDonald's and he goes, and I stopped doing it. And I was doing an interview and I said, I'm no longer eating that crap at McDonald's. And he went, you know, I mean, it was like McDonald's called him up and said, that crap is paying you five million bucks, you know? So, I mean, hey, you know, well, what a great opportunity. I mean, I, 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 those kind of things I, in the hip hop world, a lot of the hip hop music, those artists were like really got involved with the branding. They got involved with clothing companies, got involved with pitch. They were pitching stuff like not a lot of rock and roll bands were doing that. Hip hop artists were doing shoes and clothes. I mean, it was like, wow. And, you know, I mean, and it, it dawned on me reading the book how those guys were like I had a I, I, there was an artist. The name was Cannabis and he did hip hop music. And I met him at MP3.com. And he was giving his record away for free because at the merchandise table, he was, sell, he was selling a Frisbee and he was selling other things that he was, that's where he was going to make his money. It was like, wow, like who thinks like that? You know, it was like pretty amazing, you know, like coming up with ways to, to you know, to, to, and I, you know, I don't, he never became like huge, like some of these other hip hop artists, but they were coming up with, you know, doing things that I never saw with, Rock and roll. I, I remember early on doing a tour with Loverboy and uh, Mike, it wasn't Mike Reno, but their guitar player, Budweiser, Budweiser, Paul Dean. Paul Dean was given a, 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 a Budweiser guitar. It was a flying V with the Budweiser thing. And he said, I'm playing the guitar. And he got like 50 grand to play the guitar. He played it one song, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but uh, that I, was I, a, I have one here. I have a Budweiser you, guitar Did here. you do one? I have, I have yeah, I have smart guy. Wow. You know, uh, Octane was with uh, Anheuser Busch, and oh. they, they actually paid for half of our record that we did with. Oh, Bush. see, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that 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 that's a world that that uh, a lot of young cats don't even think about. You know, it's crazy. Hey, so yeah. Hey, listen. So, what do you got coming? Like, what what's what what's happening with you before? Because I want you to promote what's what's happening with you, Brian. Like. Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, we have, so obviously Candlebox, we're out on this tour uh, in, with, for supporting Wolves, our new record that came out last year. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're going to be at the uh, Philly Live Casino and Event Center uh, on Sept Sunday, September 4th. Um, 
So tickets are available at uh, AXS.com, Axis, like the, the television channel.com. If you go on AXS.com, the, uh, there's tickets available for that show there. That's It'll be my first time playing in Philly with Candlebox. Since oh, I nice. It. Wow. And, and it'll what's, be, the, what's the date of that? What is that? It's Sunday, September 4th at the Philly Live Casino, the new... Um, yeah, the new event center down at the uh, stadium. Uh, uh, so, I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. in Nor- I'm in Norway. I'd love to see uh, that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's I, I, I go to Europe. I come back for a few weeks and I go to Norway, but I would love yeah. to see that. Yeah. I'd love to see so you I, do I'm that. I'm there. That's my, my birthday weekend. And it's the first time that uh, Candlebox has been back in town since like 08. So, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, it's been a long, long time since. That's a big celebration for, for your friends. I mean, you got like, I, I have to say, you know, you are loved, man, in the area. I mean, when I mentioned that you were going to be on a podcast, I got a lot of email, and and your okay. buds, your your homies, they yeah. they they adore you, man. Oh man, it's and, it's uh, I, we we, we see why, you know, you're yeah. you're a good guy, and, you, well, and you're I, deep I, in it. Thank you. Yeah, I feel very blessed, man. I'm, I'm just I'm blessed with family and friends that that I love to death, and I got their back, and they got mine, and just I I have a job that I you know, that makes people happy. I can't really ask for anything more than that. And make, it makes myself happy. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. I, I got you. Got you. That's cool. Hey, let's play a little bit of Candlebox. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 which one have we got? We got, I've got a gun. Yeah. So this yeah. is off of, uh, yeah, talk- yeah, this is off my first, uh, my first studio release for Candlebox from 2015. Nice. The, that album was called Disappearing in Airports. And uh, yeah.
There you go. Yeah. That's rocking. Uh, guns. Yeah. I, is that, you know, like now another topical song with everything that's going on today, you know? Yeah, like, Kevin kind of lyrically went, went down that rabbit hole with that song. That, that was, I guess, uh, right. we'd written that right around the time there was one of however many hundreds of school shootings that happen all the time now that we've almost become desensitized to. But uh, I initially had sent that to you just as kind of something a little more, something more recent that I was involved with that was more upbeat. Um, I, I love the horn stuff in that song. And the, um, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the message is, is important. Yeah. Kind of yeah. topical, but, oh man, it's, um, it, well, you know, every time I, I mean, I, I listen, I, I just kind of, I don't know, doubt, I, don't, I hate to end the thing on a, the show, or the podcast on dinner. I mean, last night, some 76 year old guy was taking a walk in, uh, uh, in somewhere in Northeast Philly. Everybody loved him in the neighborhood. Some guy ran by him, shot him in his head. I don't know if you saw the news of that. I mean, what the fuck, you know? I mean, the guy, everybody loved him. And, and you know, they're gonna catch the son of a bitch. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're living in a world where it's like, you, you use the word desensitized and it certainly hasn't done it to me yet because it just freaks me out to no end. And and uh, hopefully we can figure it out this thing out, man, where, you know, it's just gotta, Something's got to happen, you know. Yeah, it'd be it'd yeah. be great, and it's moving in the right direction, man. I grew up, uh, you know, in the mountains, so hunting yeah. and fishing. And yeah, everything. I was like, that's it's just it was a part of our life up there. Exactly, so, but yeah. you know, you understand what we're dealing with. You know, it's like you know, common sense got to kind of win out, and and we got to figure it out. It's got to be figured out. You know, I'm not into taking people's guns. I want to be real realistic about how you know when you see these freaking AR-15s and people are blowing their heads off kids, and it's awful, man. It's yeah. Awful. Yeah, there's a logical way to do it and you know mental health reform and all that type of stuff yeah and we without going too far down that rabbit hole but yes i i uh, wasn't really my point wasn't i wanted you to hear that song only because that was something that had uh that there was like bits and pieces of that song sitting around from the previous uh incarnation of Candlebox, and it was brought in and we all worked it out and hashed it out and that was the end result and i was always very proud of that song nice. because it was um it was one of the very first things we had written together. We're we're coming close to. I have to show you. So, like you, I'm a big hat, I'm a big hat guy. So I got about twenty hats. I got to figure out they don't get destroyed. I got to fill them up and everything. And I yeah. got the Jeffs and I got all different things. But I'm a big yeah, well, hat, as I know you are. Yeah, I got I got a couple of my guys here. There yeah. you go. Uh, Rock on. I love that. Very cool. I got yeah, uh, a bunch of them are upstairs. Yeah, you, you, you wear them well, bro. You know, uh, you're standing well. in sky piece, man. He's yeah. Sky piece. Uh, hey, hey. So uh, and, I, and I wore my uh, my eagle shirt in, in uh right on today. Yeah, I right caught on. that. My, my, right. my Jason Kelsey shirt. Oh, right on. Hey, so I how, caught that. Hey, so let me ask you. Uh, uh, but well, you're closer to. You probably grew up. You got Pittsburgh Steelers. You got the Eagles. How how do you do it? I mean, do you do you like root for both teams? Or? Yeah. So like yeah. growing up where I grew up. Uh, yeah. in the Wyoming Valley, like we're, we're 90 miles from Manhattan, 90 miles from Philly, and obviously like four and a half from Pittsburgh, but in that area. So, uh, I grew up actually, I, I love the Phillies in the national league. Cause I love Steve Carlton. I was a pitch left-handed pitcher growing up, but I love, I loved Ron Guidry from the Yankees. So <laughs> I just follow the Yankees in the American, right like Don Mattingly was a big hero of mine. Sure. So, um, yeah, so I followed uh, the, the Yankees and and the Phillies, but I was always a diehard Eagles fan. And actually, oh. oddly enough, my my uh, my AFC team I would follow. I was a big John Denver or J John Denver John, John Elway fan. 
I like John Bender uh, so, too, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Like John Elway. I was a huge John Elway fan, so I right. followed the Broncos in the AFC. But yeah, I'm a diehard Eagles fan. I go yeah, right here. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna all have to go to one when they would come back. Gone. I think they're gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, Brian, I gotta thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank We've been trying you. to do it for a while. It yeah. was really honor to have you on there, on here, Freddie. As always, it's beautiful to see you, my brother. And uh, Likewise. we all got to hang, go out and have a beer, do something. I love you guys. And I want to thank everybody thank for you, joining bro. us on the ITP on the, in the pocket. And we'll catch you next time from Europe.